Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another edition of our Smart Garden Show. Danny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those lawn and garden questions. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. How are you this morning? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. I hope you are as well. I am. You know, I know I want to give our phone number, which is also our text number, as you know. Mm -hmm. And while we're waiting... Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Master Gardener program, because we oh. always like to do that at least once a year, if not more. But here's our phone number. Uh, it's also our text number, 651-461-9226. Uh, keep in mind, this is uh, the probably the busiest hour of the week as far as texts and phone calls are concerned. 651-461-9226. So let's hear your lawn or garden question. Uh, Teresa, you know what? I don't know if I've asked you this. How long have you been a master gardener? I actually, I'm an old person. I've been a master gardener since 2000, and it's been some of the best 23 years of my life. 
I just love being a master gardener. Um, I found my tribe with master gardeners, people I can geek out with on weird stuff in the garden, and then just being able to help my community uh, learn gardening stuff from the from the university research-based information and to be able to pass it along and put it in force in my own garden, too, of course. But, yeah, best 23 yeah. years ever. And, and for those who don't know, really, and you've uh, expressed this before to us, that uh, being a master gardener, it's, an, it, it, it's education, right? You're educating. It's people. education. And actually, the master gardener program is starting to take applications now. So mm. if you've been interested in becoming a master gardener and think it's something you want to be interested in, uh, you can go to the extension website and go down the page a little bit. It'll tell you how to be a master gardener. Or you can go to extension dot umn dot edu forward slash master slash uh, i'm sorry hyphen gardener well that's a lot to remember you can also just put in mg web at umn dot edu and send them an email but uh, you can start applying now to be a master gardener and october 1st is the deadline so get your applications in early and uh, each county is different so you'll be applying through your county and it's just wonderful information wonderful it's a wonderful group to belong to um, the university supports us so much and uh, then we get the research-based information from them so we get all really good information to share with our neighbors in our counties and I imagine over the years things have changed you might see maybe more men involved maybe sometimes yes. somewhat younger people yes. as well so it's, it's all yeah. across the board right it's really it's wonderful it used to be um, Lots of older people. Now we're getting a lot of younger people in. And the quality of people that we have been getting the past few years, it just blows our mind here in Hennepin County, at least. And I'm sure it's that way everywhere. But they're so passionate and they are already so knowledgeable. But you don't have to know a lot to be a master gardener. Um, In my opinion, to be a master gardener, you need to love gardening. You want to share that information with other people, and you want to share research-based information with other people, not just old wise tales and things like that. So if, if that sounds like something you want to do, uh, there's a lot of ways to get involved in, in each Master Gardener program, but do register and apply now. We, we would love to have you. Yeah, let's uh, have you remind us before you leave us okay. uh, today about that very thing, Okay. Sounds wonderful. Thanks, Danny. Very good. All right, Teresa, we've got a bunch of callers and texters already, so let's uh, get to it. Uh, Grab a phone call. Todd calling in from Ramsey this morning. Hi, Todd. What's your question for Teresa? Good morning. Uh, Two questions, if I may. My wife and I have had a salsa garden for many years where we, well, maybe I just should say about 10 years, where we've been growing tomatoes, peppers, and onions. The peppers have never been good producers. They they just we don't get more than just a less than half dozen per plant, no matter what variety or or what we do to the care of them. And this year, second question in particular, the onions have not produced well. Any any suggestions on the consistent poor production of the peppers and what may be going on with onions this year? Is that weather related, possibly? Sure, Todd. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll, that's really. Those are really good questions. So, a salsa garden are those normally those three crops. Peppers. Make sure that your peppers are getting a lot of sunshine, and that you're not maybe overwatering them too much. You don't want to overwater them. You want them to be 
they can be moist, but you don't. They don't have to be as moist as a tomato. Perhaps um, make sure you're checking the right varieties. You can always do a soil test at the University of Minnesota. They have an excellent article on soil test uh, this month on the university webpage, uh, extension.umn.edu. And onions. When you're choosing onions, make sure you're choosing long day onions. That's what we need here in in Minnesota. Uh, it's it sounds kind of counter counterproduct counterintuitive because we don't have long days here. We're not in the south, but um, you need long day onions. And I think what you may be seeing something this year is all of the wildflowers, wildfires are putting a lot of smoke in the air, and that's limiting the amount of sunshine that is getting down to our plants. So for the past few years, we've had a lot more wildfires that do limit some of the some of the uh, the photosynthesizing of the plants, and that may be impacting your onions. That would be my guess. But I would also make sure that you can rotate your crops if at all possible in there. Your tomatoes and your peppers are in the same family, so they need to rotate together. Um, maybe put something else like a lettuce in there in the spring to to give the plant some some different information or different the soil some different information or uh, maybe grow some beans uh, in there one year some green beans just to put some nitrogen back in the soil but I would guess it's the sunlight and perhaps the heat it may be just too hot for some of those plants to set put some nitrogen back in the soil but I would guess it's the sunlight and perhaps the heat it may be just too hot for some of those plants to set to set flowers good luck with your salsa garden Todd Teresa Texter uh, says this, uh, that they have many oak trees in the yard. This year they're dropping thousands of acorns. Question is, do I need to rake those up or will they uh, not hurt the lawn? They are everywhere. Well, if there's so many, you will need to rake them up. Uh, they will they will be like a mulch on your lawn. So if you don't care about your lawn, you can just leave the acorns there. Uh, but I would try to rake up as many as you can because, first of all, if you have to mow, you don't want those acorns going through your, through your lawnmower. That could do some damage to blades and also depend upon what kind of a mower you have. If it kicks out those acorn bits, that could cause some damage too. Um, so I would try to rake them up if at all possible if they're in your lawn. If they're in gardens and they're sprouting or they're in the lawn and you don't care what your lawn is and you don't mow your lawn, then you don't have to worry. But I would probably rake them up just to be on the safe side. All right. I know we need to take a quick break, but here's our phone number. It's also our text number, 651-461-9226. It's going to be a nice day here in the Twin Cities, sunny near 83. But then tomorrow, Sunday, and especially Sunday night and Monday, uh, rain, chances of rain, that will really help us. So, And they don't mention, the weather folks do, any. Uh, there could be some thunderstorms, but uh, as far as hail, let's hope not. But we're only going to get up to about 70 degrees tomorrow, 80% chance of rain. And Sunday night, we could get up to 1 to 2 inches possible here in the Twin Cities. At the moment, few clouds, 67 degrees from Newstalk 830, WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour on CCO. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney uh, answering those uh, <laughs> tons of questions, lawn and garden questions. Teresa, It is uh, the, our lines are packed and our text screen is packed as well. So your work, we better get you have on your it. work cut out for you. Okay. 
Let's uh, get back to the phones first, then we'll pick up on some text messages, try to get everybody's question answered. Diane is first up here, I think, from uh, Maplewood. Thanks for waiting, Diane. What's uh, your question? Good morning. My question is, I've had lucky enough to have a beautiful lawn due due to my irrigation system, but suddenly I'm getting patches of brown, dead grass. What would be causing that? Diane, that's a good question. Uh, It could be a, a, a fungus. It could be an insect. So what you need to do is go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, and go to the lawn section. There's lots of information there that will help you narrow it down. You may need to look at the the um, border where the lawn meets the dead patches. That sometimes can give you some good information. Look at the dead patch themselves. Are there uh, fungal spores on the on the leaves? Uh, what are you seeing? So that will give you, so without more information and actually seeing it and, and what they're looking like, uh, it could be a lot of different things. It could be diseases or pests. Uh, I would probably lean toward diseases just with the heat and the humidity that we've been having lately and that you have an irrigation system and go from there. Uh, and if you want to, you can also send pictures of those things if you can't get any information. Uh, send pictures of what the dead spots look like, uh, the border between the dead spots and the and the lawn. Uh, you can send that to Ask a Master Gardener, and they might be able to look at the pictures and get you some more information. Good luck with that, Diane. All right. Texter says this, I planted asparagus in a raised bed a year ago. It is growing well, but it is in one big clump and seems to be too close together. Can I separate it and when to do this? I probably wouldn't do anything. I'd give it, uh, you know, two or three years to see what it's doing. It could just be that only one or two crowns are doing well and the other crowns aren't doing well. So you might have a crown that just looks really good uh, and that's a nice healthy crown and maybe the other crowns aren't so good, aren't so well, doing so well. So I would um, keep fertilizing as you've been um, on the schedule that you've got and uh, and then just give it a few another year or two and then see if you have to do anything. But for right now, I wouldn't do any dividing of that. Teresa, this listener wants to know, how do I get rid of invasive mint in my garden? Uh, well, it's just like any uh, aggressive invasive plant. It's aggressive. Uh, you need to pull it out. You need to get rid of all of the roots. So I would dig it out at where possible. Uh, if you want to, you can spot treat those areas with a broad broad uh, leaf herbicide. However, I would go toward the digging method and they just use that mint in a lot of teas and things like that that you can use. Um, otherwise, uh, just do dispose of that. Uh, I would send it to the city compost, not put it in your own compost because with those roots, they, they would stay alive in your compost and take over your compost bin and be very happy there. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Jerry is uh, calling in from Shoreview this morning. Thanks for waiting, Jerry. What is your question? Uh, thanks. Yeah, I love listening to your show. Um, I have a uh, peach-leaved ash g- uh, growing in my willow. Peach-leaved willow growing next to a, a stormwater pond. Um, and a couple of the black walnuts have sprouted up. And uh, although this, this ash is Looks like it's quite mature. You know, it's quite large, like a birch clump. Uh, but it's starting to die off the branches right above the uh, black walnut. I'm wondering if the black walnut is toxic enough to do that to the ash. I don't know that ashes are susceptible to the juglone in black walnut. I would have to look that up. Um, you could just you could just even Google juglone 
and then your peach leaf ash and uh, sensitivity, that would bring you right to some sites that would tell you, or you could look on the extension website. I, I don't seem to remember ash being I- impacted, but I could be wrong about that. Otherwise, it could be something else that's interfering with that, Jerry. Um, it could be the water. Uh, it's too much water, not enough water. It's maybe the roots are getting uh, too too wet all the time, or maybe it's just too dry with the drought that we've been having, and it was used to the wetter weather. Uh, it's also root competition. You you will find that the uh, the uh, walnuts will get a lot bigger than than that ash and so there may be just some competition there that it just can't compete against the stronger walnuts so don't have a really good answer for you right there jerry but do some do some digging and check on the website extension.umn.edu texter wants to know my endless summer hydrangeas have very few blooms they've fertilized watered regularly what else can they do the shrubs look healthy Okay, so if you're fertilizing and the shrubs look healthy, that's wonderful. It could just be that your plant just doesn't bloom a lot. And make sure that it gets a little more sun. Those those endless summer hydrangeas need more sun than we thought. So they're more of a full sun plant or a, or a, at least a mostly sun plant. I wouldn't put them in the shade at all. They, don't, they need a lot more sunshine. Uh, but you're fertilizing, so that's good. Keep that up. Yeah, but I would get, make sure that they're getting enough sun. And if they aren't getting enough sun, perhaps move them in September or move them next year, first thing in spring, to a fuller, uh, better sun area. Okay. Back to the phones. Carl is hanging on the line there, calling in from uh, Minneapolis, I think, this morning. Thank you, Carl. What is your question? Um, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. I have, um, can you describe what Creeping Charlie looks like? Sure. Creeping Charlie is a ground cover. It's a vining plant that mostly grows on the ground, but will climb up other plants. The leaves are kind of round, but they have scallops all the way around them. And they're a a medium green leaf. They're a very tender leaf. And then it will get blue flowers occasionally in the spring. So uh, you could also look um, under ground ivy or go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and look up weeds, and it'll show you a picture of Creeping Charlie. And that will All give right. you a good good indication of what it looks like. Good luck with that. T- tell you what, let's do. I know we have folks hanging on the line and a lot of texters as well. I know we're going to break for weather, but I'm going to grab one more phone call before we get that forecast. Mike is calling in from Columbia Heights, I believe, this morning. Thank you, Mike. What is your question? Good morning. My question is I have pumpkins, and three of them are already ripe, and I want to try to save them for Halloween. What do I do with them? As long as they can stay on the vine and not ripen, that will be good. Otherwise, pick them as late as you possibly can and then store them in a cool area. I would, first of all, try to harden them off. And you can look at um, hardening off squashes on the extension website, how to do that. You're trying to thicken up that that outer skin. And then you would store them in a cool, dry area like you were storing a winter squash. So think of them as a winter squash and how to harden them off and how to store them. So go to the extension website and it will talk you all through that, Mike. Good luck with those pumpkins. All right. Very good. Uh, we'll uh, take this break. We have about another half hour of the show to go, Teresa, as you know. And we'll uh, we'll have a look at that forecast, then back at it here on News Talk 830 WCCO.
Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Answering those lawn and garden questions for you today is Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And again, Teresa, before you leave us today, let's talk a little bit again about that Master Gardener program. A lot of people interested. Uh, And if you uh, have a lawn and garden question, I'm going to give you that phone number. It's also the text number, 651-461-9226. And here we go with more text messages. Uh, in 2018, Texter says, I bought two five-feet uh, Brandon Arborvita, tall and more narrow Arborvita. They're in the sun, very healthy, and about eight to nine feet now. I don't want them to get any taller. Any suggestions? What if I snip the top leader off? I would, um, I would uh, first of all, look at the tag that came with the plants and see how tall they're going to get. If they're about five or six feet now and they're supposed to get ten feet tall, you probably stand a chance at pruning. If their full height is supposed to be 25 to 30 feet tall, then you're going to be fighting a very vigorous plant for a really long time. You may want to consider if you want to put something else in that area and move them somewhere where they would be happier and you would be happier with that full height. So always look at that, the full height that it's going to be before you plant. But, yes, you can go ahead and give those guys a good prune right now. Um, I would try to prune it as quickly as you possibly can. We're in the middle of, of August, and really the pruning should have been done by the 1st of August. But go ahead and give them an, a nice pruning. Um, you don't want to cut that leader back too hard, but you can cut it back a little bit and uh, shape it as you need to and get that pruning done as soon as possible. So perhaps this weekend today would be a good idea to get that done. And then okay. just keep on top of it every year. Do some pruning in the spring and some pruning during the summer and just try to keep that plant um, the height you want it. Very good. This listener says, my Christmas cacti have been ravaged by rabbits and squirrels. What can I do to bring them back? Uh, protect them right now from where they are outside. Uh, maybe put some, some chicken wire cloches over them or something like that. Fence them off. Or you can put them in a protected area where they're not going to get damaged by the rabbits and the squirrels. Then you might want to move them into a shadier location right now uh, just to kind of get them acclimated to being back in the house when you're going to move them back in September or October when you move them. But, yeah, you need to do a physical protection on them. You can look at some of the repellent sprays, but I would double-check to make sure it's okay to spray those. Don't spray them on this in the sunshine. And maybe just test one or one squirt on uh, one or two leaves that you're willing to lose and let it sit there for um, maybe five or six days and see how those leaves react because they are house plants, they're not outside plants. So I don't know how they would react to some of those, those uh, repellent sprays that you could use. But fencing works the best. Yeah, always. Let's grab another phone call, Teresa. Kathy is uh, calling in this morning from Shorewood. Kathy, thank you. What is your question, please? I have a whole bunch of quackgrass, crabgrass in my yard. How do I get rid of it? Okay, so you have to figure out whether it's quackgrass or crabgrass. If it's crabgrass, just keep mowing it. It's going to die with the first frost because crabgrass is an annual. So keep mowing so it doesn't go into a seed. If it's quackgrass and you don't want quackgrass, you're going to have to use either a, 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 a weed killer that kills everything or something formulated just for quackgrass. Otherwise, you're going to have to pull it out. It it ha, it's very the roots are can are brittle and can break, and each breakage will cause another plant. So you'll have to dig it out. And quackgrass can be quite a challenge. So you do need to uh, take that out of your lawn if you don't want your whole lawn filled with quackgrass. Good luck with that, Kathy. This listener says they have an established purple cone flowers uh, that bloomed, 
but then over the last few weeks withered. A rust color is also present on the leaves. Not sure what it is. We watered regularly, not overwatered. Not sure what to make of it. Um, it could actually be a rust. Uh, that there is a disease or uh, it's rust and the rust spores actually look like rust so we call it rust and that's just because it's really humid or maybe overhead watering can keep the leaves wetter longer than normal. Uh, you can try some uh, look in the garden center and see if there's something that will work for rust otherwise just clean those up really well in the fall uh, keep the plants um, watered healthy um, until then and they should recover next year just fine but clean up as much in the fall as possible try to get some of those spores out of the area maybe even think about next spring dividing them uh, first thing in the spring so they have more air circulation around them and think about if you are overhead watering can you do that in the morning first thing and and let the plants dry off during the day and just watch that you're not giving them a little sprinkle every single day because that just keeps those leaves wet and wet and wet and you don't want that Teresa, this texter says, can I divide and replant our daylilies now that they're done blooming? Yep, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and divide and replant your daylilies. Anything that's finished blooming, you should be able to divide. Uh, so think about plants that you may need to divide. Go to the website and double-check our extension.umn.edu when you can divide certain plants. Or just Google, when can I divide my blah, 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 and uh, look at extension websites, uh, university websites, to give you the good information on them. But if a plant isn't blooming, you probably should be able to divide those daylilies just fine. Uh, this is a legal question here, and I, I'm not sure... And I'm not uh, a lawyer, and I'm not no, playing one on TV, uh, but that's but it's, okay. It's about a, uh, my neighbor's pine tree leaning more and more, maybe lawyers uh, who are listening, mm-hmm. or city planters. And my neighbor's pine tree leaning more and more towards my home. I don't see any roots, but I'm concerned it may fall on my home. I've brought it to the neighbor's attention, but no action. Is okay. it their responsibility? Somebody's um, going to know the answer to Somebody's going to know the answer, and that is that is a legal question. However, yeah. if it's on their property, they are responsible for it. If you brought it to their attention, you may want to document that just to be on the safe side. Maybe send them a letter, just a nice little note, and keep a copy of it for yourself saying, just want to remind you, your tree is leaning, and we're kind of getting worried for it to be on our house. In the meantime, make sure that your insurance is covered. You may even want to um, to ask them if they would like to have an arborist come and look at it. And most arborists, a certified arborist, would do that for free. And uh, if, if there is a charge, maybe go have these with them. And that arborist could tell them, this looks like it's an unsafe tree and you should remove it or or reassure you that that's not a problem. So those are some things that I would do. And again, I'm not a I'm not a, an attorney by any stretch of the imagination. All right. Uh, but but that's what I would do. Just a common yeah. sense thing. Document what you what you're seeing. Maybe even take pictures and um and do send them a note. Keep a copy of it so so you have reference that you did tell them that, or you were concerned because you don't want to be mean to your neighbors. You don't want to start an argument with them, but you do want to protect your stuff too and make sure you're. Your uh, insurance is paid up. Cover your bases and, uh, Cover yeah, your like bases, you said, yeah. uh, take pictures for yeah. sure. And and go in halfsies with them with an arborist. Uh, an arborist call. Most of the time a certified arborist will come out, and unless they're going to do something, there's probably not a charge. But if they want to do something, then they're going to charge. But you, if there is a charge for that initial consultation, offer to go halfsies with them and show good faith, you know, because you're concerned and you're concerned about them too. I mean, they'd lose a beautiful pine, so. Yeah. This uh, next texter, Teresa, says they have an annual potted plant called, is it a diplodania? 
Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. It doesn't look as full and vibrant as one. You said that very well, Denny. You're learning your Latin very well. (laughs) I only (laughs) took two years of it in high school. Oh, okay. (laughs) It it said it doesn't look uh, as full and vibrant as when they purchased it. Could they be watering it too much? It gets a few hours of sunshine. Yep, it, you could be well overwatering it in the pot. So let it let it just get a little bit dry. You don't want it too dry. But uh, do stick your fingers down into the soil, maybe to the second knuckle, and see what the soil in the pot is doing. And make sure the pot is actually draining. That That's really important, depending upon where you bought it from. Um, and then go to the extension website, and they may have some other houseplant um, information that you may want. Maybe it's getting too much sun, too little sun. But I would think that you probably possibly are overwatering it, and uh, and it may need a light a light fertilization once you back off on the watering, just because you've watered everything out of the pot. Okay. Before we take a break, let's grab another phone call. Catherine's calling in from Blaine, I believe, this morning. Catherine, good morning. What is your question? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call, you guys. Okay, so what I had was I had moles and gophers. Now, they finally are gone, but they ate my hostas. Uh, can I possibly, I mean, can I replant that yet this year? Or do I, should I take a sample of my soil and send it in? I don't know. There's a lot of sand, and it's not a lot of black dirt on top. Would you suggest getting more black dirt? Would that be better? Um, what I would suggest is uh, you, a soil test is always welcome. Uh, however, you've identified the problem as mostly critters. So if since they're gone, that should be okay. Um, instead of add, you can add topsoil and mix that into your, into your soil. I would probably also add as much compost as you possibly can into that soil. So when you're planting up in, yes, you can replant hostas. Go ahead and redo those now. Um, hopefully the gophers won't come back for those tasty roots. If you notice that that's an issue, you may have to start planting them in wire cages in, with the root section in a wire cage underground. Um, you can get some information about how to do that if you plant bulbs in cages. Um, that would be the same thing as planting your perennial hostas in cages, just so that those gophers and those those moles uh can't get there. Uh, the gophers would probably eat the plants. The moles just disturb them, so it could have been voles eating the plant roots. But you can re- you can plant them now. Go ahead. You add comp moles just disturb them, so it could have been voles eating the plant roots. But you can re- you can plant them now. Go ahead. You add compost to your soil, and yes, the soil test could be an option. We always like to mention too that some great reading. Uh, get on the university website, extension.umn.edu. Great stuff uh, in that uh, website. It's wonderful. Extension. And since we're going to have rain tomorrow, go ahead and do that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yes, and Monday, too. Yeah, All right, we'll Monday. need to uh, take a break. We'll be right back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here on Newstalk A3OW. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Welcoming those lawn and garden questions today, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. We did get a couple of comments on those uh, that tr- possible tree falling on that neighbor's, on that uh, person's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their neighbors, as they say, are not responsive uh, to their fears. Uh, but here's one. That says the uh, the person might also want to let their insurance company know the tree issue, so they're at least aware of the situation. So, oh, that's a possibility. Yeah, and then another text. Then we'll get back to it. My neighbor's tree fell on my garage. 
Once it crossed the lot line, it was my problem. They were yeah. not responsible for anything that fell out of their yard. So that yeah. Was... So maybe contacting the insurance company just yeah. to see where the liability is could be an yeah. option. Mm-hmm. Like Very I said, good. I'm not a lawyer, and you know, it's always try to be nice at first if you possibly can. But absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what could be wrong with our Japanese lilac leaves curling and yellowing and brown? Is it disease? Texter says. Oh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard of that. Um, I would probably see if you can get up close and take some pictures of those leaves and send them into the Ask a Master Gardener. Uh, you may want to do some research at the extension website, extension.umn.edu. Sometimes uh, when we have a hot, hot weather and these winds, sometimes these heavy winds, they can just burn the leaves and the leaves curl up and it's not an issue. If it's just a few leaves, I wouldn't worry. Um, if if the whole tree looks bad, you, you could even have um, an arborist come out and look at it a certified arborist look at it and see if they can recognize something. I haven't heard of anything, um, but I may have missed something in the in the process out there. So, Okay. Lawn question. In an otherwise very healthy irrigated lawn, grass is yellow and dead in spots and spreading. It's uh, got full sun, west-facing slope. What do you think is happening? Hmm, it does sound like uh, it could be a fungal problem. Uh, or you could be seeing some damage from grub feeding underneath. So I would probably, you know, try to get some closer pictures, some look at it, see if you can see any fungal spores. Uh, you could send pictures to the Master Gardeners at Ask a Master Gardener uh, on the website, extension.umn.edu. Um, or you could even dig up a little bit and look underneath and see if you're seeing any grub feeding. Okay. This uh, listener planted a tomato and cucumber plant in a large planter, neither one producing much. A few cucumbers, small, misshapen tomatoes. Could the planter be too small? The planter could be too small. It could be getting too much or not enough water. And it could just be in a really hot location. Uh, That will cause a lot of flowers to abort, and the plant just kind of just is trying to hang on through the heat. And we've had a lot of hot, hot days. Um, So nothing like in the south, but still it's hot for us here in Minnesota. And that is impacting the plants. Uh, Go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, and down at the bottom they do have some information on how the heat is impacting some vegetables. That may be something that you're seeing. But, yes, it could be to too much crowding unless that's a big 24 or 36 inch container it's probably too many plants in that one container okay a creeping charlie question yay another one is spraying creeping charlie this time of year effective i would probably wait just a little bit longer uh give it another one or two weeks or three weeks and then start uh when the start when the plants start to realize and head toward dormancy they start to pull down a lot of energy, do a lot of photosynthesizing to build up those root stores, and that will pull down the poison into the plant faster. So check the extension website, extension.umn.edu. Click on you know the Yarn Garden page and get to Creeping Charlie, and I think it's more into the first part of September where you want to spray for Creeping Charlie. All right. Uh, listener says this. We've got a couple minutes to go. My bee balm planted in sandy soil seems to get downy mildew every year. Is there any way to avoid this? Can it spread to other plants, and should I move it to a new location? Um, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, so so some are more susceptible, and so you just have a variety that's susceptible to, to powdery mildew, I think they said, not downy mildew. But it's probably powdery mildew. What you can do is as the plant is coming up, say by uh, the end of June, cut the outer one-third 
of the plant back down by half. So you kind of have like a two-tiered series that will give some more air circulation in there. You can divide the plants and thin them. That will give more air circulation. Make sure if you are overhead watering, you're overhead watering first thing in the morning so it can dry. You can move them to a windier location where they'll get more air circulation. Um, those are some of your options. You can also spray for powdery mildew. You have to start it before you start seeing it. So if you know when you start seeing it next year, just on your calendar, mark a week early and then start spraying for it. Uh, but that's an awful lot of work to have to spray for it. And don't worry about it spreading to other plants. Each powdery mildew for the plant is specific to the plant, but there's powdery mildew spores all over the place. So if it's if it's a lilac, it's going to get the one for lilac. It's bee balm, it's going to get the one for bee balm. Um, so it just it just try to make those conditions as airy and flowy as you possibly can, and keep those leaves as dry as you can, and that will minimize your powdery mildew. How about a quick question and answer, Teresa? I live in Hennepin County. Texter says, what veggies can I start in my garden right now for a fall harvest? Peas, carrots, lettuces, kale. Uh, look look on the extension website for the cool season fall, fall crops or cool season spring crops. You can start a lot of those cool season crops. Radishes, all those kind of things that you would plant. Think in the spring you can plant those now in the fall. Uh, how about in one minute, tell us again about that Master Gardener program uh, that we t- uh, opened up the show with. That sure. Info. If you want to become a Master Gardener or are interested in it, you can apply now. Uh, applications close October 1st. You can go to the Extension website and go down the page. It'll tell you how to become a Master Gardener. Or you can send an email to mgweb, like Master Gardener Web at uh, umn.edu and send them an information and they'll put you in touch with your county office and you can get your your applications in. Hope to see you. Let's do one more question. Okay. Would black walnut inhibit buckthorn? I don't think so. Um, I haven't seen that as a, as an application. I would think the buckthorn is. The buckthorn has its own issues with um, inhibiting plants, so I don't think the black walnut's going to inhibit buckthorn unless the, it's a shade issue, and that probably just encourages buckthorn. Okay. Well, I guess that should put the cap on it. Teresa, always <laughs> a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. I know we will uh, we will uh, hear from you probably in a couple weeks or so. Actually, next week I will see you. Oh, good. That's so good news. So two weeks in a row, right. yep. And then you'll have the us. fair with Julie and Mary, so that'll be That's good. right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, coming up yeah. <laughs> pretty have fast. Have fun out there. Have fun. We always do. All right. Good. Thank you, Teresa, Thank very much. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Ma- Ma- Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Now get those home improvement questions ready. For Andy Lindis, coming up next hour here on CCO. In the meantime, we'll see some sunshine today. It'll be a great day for any outdoor activity, but it's going to be a rainy Sunday and Monday. Stay tuned to CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.